Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure is hecker fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Yeah, you are. Uh, th- welcome to episode 89. Nice. That's the that's the funny number, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're coming up on the year's end, and it's exciting, and, uh, well... Today, um, we have been inspired over the past few weeks, uh, talked a lot about this on Twitter and talked to other people about this, uh, but a few, I guess, I don't even know when it came out, months ago, weeks ago, we'll see. It came out a month ago, uh, as of recording. Uh, Commander Sphere uh, put out this short podcast video thing, uh, Dan Sheehan uh, has been promoting the heck out of it for a while uh but it's this this ideology that every year he takes all his decks takes them apart puts them back into sorting the way he does and then starts fresh every year fresh slate yeah fresh slate brand new decks and uh it's it's a great i'll I'll link in the description below it's it's a quick 11 minute podcast video thing um Never know what to call it because I, I watched it on YouTube, but then I found out it was also released through their podcasting. So I, whatever. As a Canadian, I'm going to call it a vignette. A vignette. Yes, Ooh. a vignette. How French of you? Uh, my parents are out of Saskatchewan, and they were both uh, uh, French was their their primary language. Oh, so my uh, and I speak almost none of it. My my grandmother, uh, I think, her parents were French Canadian or something. Anyway. Well with a last um, name like Richard, I should be able to speak some French. So. Oh yeah. Well I can't. So anyway, I can say vignette. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> it's a great little video <laughs> vignette, sorry. It's a great little vignette uh that y'all should go check out. Uh especially if you are already lost. Um it's kind of like a primer, a primer for this this episode. Uh, but if you don't go watch it, you'll quickly catch on. It's a it's about taking everything apart. He he makes some good points about uh, why he does and why you should consider it. Um, so, Andy, what do you think? Uh, when he had announced it on Twitter, like, hey, like this is coming up, and he had like a little like thumbnail. Um, I was like, that sounds great. Like I'm already on board. Um, I had just gone through a big move, um, across the country. And, uh, I, I mean, luckily I didn't have to lug my, my cards. I just kind of put them in a box and they they magically found themselves in LA. Um, magically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I, I found myself obviously not playing magic quite as often i um i don't really have a car so i don't go very many places and i haven't i just haven't made it to the the lgs uh to see what's around um i don't have any friends out here that play magic yet um and are you uh, hearing that are you hearing that folks (laughs) andy is living in la he needs some magic he needs a magic fix I need some friends. Hit them up. Hit them up. Give me some friends. Be my friend, please. (laughs) Um, That said, I've been living here for a few months, and I've played, I think, two games of Commander. Um, And they were both, you know, over Spell Table. Uh, And they were were good. They were fun. But every time I got to that point of, like, looking in my cabinet of decks... Like, I don't want to play any of these. Um, except for, I think, my newest one, uh, the Vazi deck. Right. And uh, I don't remember what I played the other day, uh, a couple weeks back, I mean, uh, with you guys. Um, um, but anyway, it's it's a struggle, because I pick up a deck and I'm like, ah, no. Ah, no. Um, and I pick up another one. Ah, no. Okay, so um, why is that? I don't know. I think I'm just bored of them. I think just like you get into these patterns of thinking that uh, all your decks end up being kind of homogenous because 
if you've built them with relatively within the same amount of time, you you find certain play patterns to be more enjoyable, and then after a while, sometimes maybe they get a little boring. And I think that goes more to say about how I build decks. Um, but I've also been because I just kind of threw everything into some boxes. Uh, I've also been reorganizing all of my cards mm-hmm. um, cataloging them putting them into the system uh, and through that I've been finding new cards that I'm like oh I want to play this oh I want to play this oh I want to play this um, but they don't fit directly into any of the decks that I have and uh, it's hard to build a new deck when you already have like eight or nine uh, to then, like, just, I mean, especially, you know, after having spent so much money moving, uh, to then also just, like, buy new cards. Right. That, I mean, like I said, I've played two games in the past few months. Like, yeah, justifying uh, spending, justifying bu- spending 50, yeah. 50 to $100 on a new Magic deck gets a little, gets a little tricky. Yeah. Especially if I don't think I'm going to play it. Until say BrewCon in in April, right uh, or May, um, and so if between between reorganizing my collection and looking at my decks and being like, Meh, I think if I were to pull apart all of my decks, card by card, take them out of the sleeves, putting them into the system, and uh, looking through. My legendaries, like my, I have a section in the system uh, for legendaries. Um, looking through those, finding out like certain things I want to do or whatever, I think I would have a better time if I was to use new decks, um, even if they did the same things that old decks did, putting together the decks, leaving it up, like all this process is a part of like the EDH experience the commander experience where um, I think that like being excited about a deck um, yields so much enjoyment for the game whether right. you enjoy building decks or not like the excitement from having new shiny uh, even if they're cards that you've played with hundreds of times um, and um, yeah. Well, I mean, and I get what you're saying. Just last week, I got a chance to play Brina for the first time. <laughs> I was very excited about that because, of course, I've been working on the build. You're excited about a new deck and a new, new with all of the the new cards and new options and new play, and new lines of play that you don't get from an older deck. So, um, I really, I really liked it. Um, and obviously, that's you know. I don't want to stay with the same group of decks forever. Uh, that's not that's not really the way I want to go. So, um, so I really uh, I, I did like what Dan had to say about it. Um, <clears throat> personally, I like the uh, um, one of one of the one of the uh, reasons he was saying to pull all the, the cards apart was the, uh, getting to use a bunch of the cards that are stuck in other decks. Mm. Because uh, for most of us, I think. Uh, there are certain cards we're just never going to buy, whether right. whether it's uh, you know whether it's due to a price point, whether it's due to uh, you know p- pick your reason. There are some cards in your in your collection that you just only have so many of, and you're not going to add more to it. So, if those cards are are stuck in a in a commander deck that's just sitting there for year after year after year. You never get to use it in anything else. You never get to try it somewhere else, and that gets then that can be uh, that can be a little painful. Um, I mean, you know, I was one of the lucky ones who bought four copies of Smothering Tithe when it first came out, <laughs> and it and it was you know it cost a little bit, but not a lot. I think I paid like six yeah. bucks a piece or something right. along that line. But I'm not going to buy more, so I look at that now and naturally all four of them are in decks so when i go to build another white deck if i want to add smothering tie to it it's got to come out of some other deck or it just doesn't happen so being able to you know clean off clean off the shelf of all of your decks 
and get those cards back into your back into the collection where they can then be added to a brand new deck it's uh you know that is something that, that is something that, that that seriously draws me towards the idea of uh, tearing all the decks apart and starting over oh for sure and i think that like for me as like a fairly budget player i mean i'm not like extreme budget but like i i acquire a lot of more of my expensive pieces through (laughs) the non-budget option of of uh of pack cracking right uh whether it's you know buying a a set booster box or Mm -hmm. uh whatever i mean that's how i got my doubling season which is a card that i would never purchase (laughs) right um, because of its price point yeah and uh that means I have to choose wisely which deck it goes in. And with that, I like if I've got nine decks and I try to, you know, go through them in a cycle or whatever, like try to not like overplay certain ones or whatever, I'm going to see doubling season, I don't know, twice a year. And if I'm playing at the rate I'm playing now, I'm going to see it, I don't know, once every five years. Right. So, so like if, yeah, if yeah. It, like you were saying, like, with this with this uh you know uh it gives these chance it gives these cards a chance to kind of go through rotation right um, and if your rotation is huge it's like you said you've got eight decks right now so if you build four least, more yeah. and don't ever take the other ones apart well now the rotation is one in 12 games as opposed to one in eight so it gets mm. even even less and less often do you start to see those cards so um and as somebody who's currently sitting at I don't know 15 i think i have 15 commander decks um maybe not quite right. that many but somewhere in that range uh it is very you know and i choose my decks at random for games i literally roll a die and just pick the pick the deck um as somebody who does that i mean you can go a very long time without ever hitting one of those decks mm. um i mean my uh yeah, I mean, I've, I can think of a couple of decks that I honestly don't remember the last time I played them, because I have that many. It just yeah, and I mean, works out that you way. know, it's like it's like when you had Kronch together, like yeah. that, that we hardly saw that deck, and when we did, it was like there was there were some games that it was a house, but more often than not, it was yeah a little disappointing. And so, like when you're when you have your one or two games a week or less than that like pulling out a deck that just could do more if it just like had the attention required Um, right and when you've got as that many decks especially if you're not if you're not going to wipe the slate clean and and take them all apart well either you stop playing it because you don't enjoy it or a deck like that you need to edit what, mm. ca- what cards aren't working? What needs to come out? What needs to come in? And with too many decks, uh, that chore becomes pretty onerous. Because <laughs> I will tell you, with, with as many decks as I, that I have, the only decks in that group that see consistent edits uh, are Buzzbark, because, mm. uh, because it's a pet project and just the way it sets up with tokens uh, or with, uh, with counters... Uh, I mean, you do that. And Grenzo, because honestly, half the time when there's a card in a, in, a, in a set that says put cards to the bottom of your graveyard, I'm told about it because everybody knows <laughs> I play Grenzo. So like, ooh, Bruce, you want to take a look at this one? Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, that, that's something to consider. Yeah. So those are the ones that get updates. Other cards, other decks uh, don't, like Vorel. I mean, I've had Vorel together for, I don't know, well over 10 years i think and it probably hasn't seen an update in a good six or seven years so um you know that that is one of the downsides of having a a number of decks now if you're rebuilding from scratch each year you're playing all of those decks more often so yeah you're going to see more and be able to make better decisions as far as what should be changed and you're also going to be more incentivized to actually make those changes because you're playing that deck more often. At some point, you're either going to say, no, this sucks, I hate this, I hate it because it keeps doing this 
mistake or you just dump it and build something else. Um, yeah. But it it, incur- it forces you to, to do that because you're just going to see that deck so, so often. Like you said, with Krond, I mean, there were long periods of time when you never saw it. So then I would bring it out and be like, ooh, and it would, you know, fall flat on its face and be like, oh, I need to do this, this, and this, but then never do it. Yeah. So, and like I think that it ties nicely too with like this idea that you know there is a maximum number of decks that feels right, like a like an ideal amount of decks, or at least like a a, a threshold where it becomes too much or something. And you know that that could be a topic for another day, but I think that it it ties in nicely here because it self regulates. It mm-hmm. you, at the end of the year you take everything apart, you know, or whatever random time that you decide uh you take everything apart and then uh you build either from scratch or you know whatever and uh <clears throat> that gives you um this point in the year where you will just go back to zero so right. you'll be starting from you know you've got two or three or four decks and then by the end of the year you've got i don't know maybe you're back up to eight and then you kind of come back uh and I think what is interesting too, what you just kind of touched on, was this idea um, that they'll be getting more updates, um, or be, each deck will be getting more updates on average because you've got a smaller uh, selection. You can keep your eye on certain things. Sure. You kind of keep it focused. Right. And I think that with that as well, it will be a much shorter amount of time being updated so it'll 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 uh avoid two problems one and i i think he touched on this uh say you have a deck like my tesa deck right um where it's just aristocrats and that was it you know and then four years go by and it's one of your top decks and you keep like i mean each each release has new aristocrat uh, cards right and some of them will be better some will be worse you get to decide and overall you kind of start putting the better ones in and better ones in taking some out taking some out so on and so forth so after say four years you've had 16 sets that go through you it, it may be you know the the ship of theseus a new deck but it'll be uh generally probably stronger or the second thing that it also avoids if you're rebuilding them year after year is that uh, it becomes uh, like over time because you're putting in cards and taking them out and putting in cards. Maybe you're not paying attention enough to, uh, you know, your removal package, your your token strategy or whatever with Tesa specifically like your token generators and your card draw or your death triggers or whatever so like you're like oh like I put in X card and you take out X card because X card the, this, the card that you're taking out is uh, maybe not performing the way you wanted it to but maybe the card you're putting in isn't like a perfect uh, replacement so right the deck overall just becomes less focused and it just becomes a mess over years. So like over the same four years, maybe, maybe it's becoming powerful in certain ways, but it's becoming less focused. So then it's just a collection of cards over a deck, which like, you know, could be fun, but, uh, it might not be doing deck well enough. Um, so it, it kind of, it's definitely one of the risks of constantly doing, you know, constant edits to a deck. Right. Um, You know, Anybody who does this understands that at some point, every once in a while, you need to just come to a full stop, break the entire deck apart, look at what you've got, make sure that it, it like you said, make sure it can still do deck. You yeah. Know, you, want it, you want it to be doing what it was supposed to be doing, and with enough edits, at some point, maybe it's not doing that anymore, or doesn't do it as well as you want it to, so. Yeah. Um it's it's just it's fascinating to like really slow down and think about this because i think too like with with this it could just simply be uh you know 
just just think more about your decks. Just slow down a little bit. But right. like this literal like uh like burn it all or not literal. Jesus. <laughs> this burning it all down uh and taking taking apart all of your decks, like yeah. starting from zero, uh really gives you the the initiative and the the like the mm-hmm. like you're 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 looking at it actively rather than just like oh yeah like this deck performs well enough i'm just gonna keep it together or right whatever. and like making the 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 conscious decision to like start from zero um is is a bit of a, a, a like a psychology thing of like well okay like now i can like do what i want rather than feel beholden to these decks or uh you know like either you know like maybe a, a maybe it was a, a secret santa gift and you're like i feel obliged to it like at least have this like yeah. maybe i don't ever want to play it but at least i have it because but like maybe there's cards in there that you want um or maybe it was something that you're tinkering tinkering with so much that you're just like i i hate playing this deck because it's not doing the thing right but i've been tinkering with it so much that i don't want to take it apart so like this gives you that it it gives you that permission to do these things um that you otherwise wouldn't do especially with decks that you're actively not playing um and it's it's great yeah um uh one of the other things that i really do like about the uh with the the idea of the clean slate is the fresh ideas um Mm. you're not you're not looking at your current set of decks and saying okay i'm looking for something that slots into this spot because i have these other things you can just be like i want to build this period it doesn't matter what you what other decks you have built whether or not you think it's going to be comparable to something that you that you already have because you're starting from a blank and you just build and then you mm. can worry about you know you can look at all that later um, and it also gives you that opportunity to um, use other cards in your decks in different ways that weren't yeah. being used before so I like the idea of just uh, a fresh slate the you know pick any commander find a yeah. new, find a new commander Maybe it does something close to what this deck did and what that deck did, but now you're going to get to put it together and make it, you know, have it do something a little bit different. I just, I like that option. Mm. I like the idea of doing that. So, yeah, I like, I like that it gives you this, this option to uh, look more critically at the cards that you own that you haven't used. Right. Um, and I also like that it gives you the option, the option, uh, the option to, uh, like, if you, like, if you loved a deck, uh, you can also just rebuild that one. Um, right. But, like, with that process, the act of building it again, and obviously it takes time, but, like, the act of building it again, maybe you'll be focused on certain aspects that you weren't before or... You know, you're you've learned things, and you will generally make a more fun deck to play um, because you know the in and outs of the card or the commander or you know whatever. Um, which is it, which is the exciting part for me, and I know that uh, that that part uh, is the is the hard part for some people. Right. And, uh, I think we'll talk about that after break. Sure. Uh, the 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 cons of doing this Mm -hmm. um, or the the hesitations that some people have um so we'll be right back all right this episode of temple of the false pod is brought to you by the super sorter sorting tray need to sort cards tired of having piles everywhere and not being able to move your work this is the tray you need We've tested every tray out there, and this is by far the best and only one we use. 26 different compartments labeled A through Z, and each holds up holds over 100 cards. Cuts your sorting time in half. The Super Sorter Sorting Tray. Now back to you. Cool. 
Cool. Hey! We're talking today about uh, Commander Sphere slash Dan Sheehan from the Commander Sphere uh, vignette uh, about uh, Burnt. It, I don't know if I ever mentioned the title of this video, so if you want to go find it on YouTube, it's called Burn It All Down, The Case for Taking Apart Your Decks, an EDH video essay. Uh, there we go. That's what it's called. It's a video essay. Uh, Dan Sheehan is uh, one of the two hosts, co-hosts of Commander Sphere, uh, the wonderful couple-year-old at this point. I think they started in 2019. Mm-hmm. Podcast about Commander. They do funny things because <laughs> they're comedians. And uh, I I heard that Rachel is headed off to work at... Uh, Command Zone. Command Zone. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Dan, if you're ever looking for a podcast to be on, let us know. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we spent this first half talking about uh, our experience, or not our experience, our our, our original thoughts about this. We kind of went over what it was all about uh, and a lot of the pros of it. Uh, But I've also talked to some people who have some hesitancy toward it and uh, or, you know, want to implement this, but maybe not to the full extreme that we have been talking about, about, you know, Sorting everything back in and then starting anew. Right. And I mean, I, th- I think that, uh, y- correct me if I'm wrong, you also share some of these uh, hesitancies. I, so, I do. Uh, um, yeah. Part of, let's just say, my first and most important issue with this is for me to break down all of my commander decks, sort them, get them back into the uh, into my, my collection, it, it would take me weeks. <laughs> it would it would literally take weeks. Uh, I just don't have the amount of time to sort through uh, what would end up being twelve or fourteen hundred cards, you know, and get them set back into the system. That's fair. And it would leave me, and more importantly, it would leave me without a deck. Right. So, even if I and and even if I kept one deck out of this, uh, it also takes me a long time to build decks. Uh, I am not the quickest person when it comes to getting decks built. I come up with an idea, I put the basics of the idea up on Architect, and then, you know, once every week or week and a half, I mess with it, adjust it, try and get it up to 100, go over 100, mess with it some more, cut back cards, and eventually get to what I'm happy with. And then I go into my card catalog and try and find out how many of these cards I have and the ones that I don't. Is there an alternative? Is there an alternate solution that I do have that could work? All of this takes time to the point where I, I would suspect that for the first two months, I just wouldn't have a deck. And, mm. and that's just not going to work for me. So uh, if, if we're doing this, if I'm going to do this clean slate, then it means I need to build a couple new decks before we get there. And I know that Dan talked about this because I know that he, that's the idea was that through November and December, he's putting cards back in the collection. He's coming up with ideas and he's basically getting it set up so that he has decks that are essentially ready to go. Right. But for me, that would take, that would take a significant amount of time just to get the tear down and then put in and build up the new decks. So, I don't really think that's where I want to go. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely like a like a good idea to use the you know last month or two to ramp up into like because if you have a sizable collection, you probably I'm not gonna use any sort of absolute here, but you probably <laughs> have some sort of record keeping some some. Uh, catalog somewhere of your cards digitally so then you can probably build your decks digitally before taking all of your decks apart which is good right Um, but i i also see where you're coming from where like that's just that's a lot of work if you don't like if you're working a full-time job and you've got 
you know, life outside of magic. Right, um, and I'm just not, you know, I'm not prepared yeah. to, you know, I would rather spend my time on a podcast with my good friend Andy here than spend <laughs> than spend an hour or two, you know, tearing apart a deck or, or even building up a new one. Um, that's, yeah. you know, it's not how I want to spend all of my time. Um, um, but, like, I think that for me, specifically with my eight or nine decks, um, I once I finish reorganizing all my cards and cataloging them all, um, I'm going to go to the cards back in index, take them apart, organize them, catalog those, follow them away, and then right. I'll just start over. And obviously, I have time. I have time to do that. I am not currently playing Magic um, in paper. Uh, I'm playing a lot of arena, yeah. so like it, it's it's I have time to rebuild any of my decks, um, and it helps right. that I'm sick of them, <laughs> um, See, honestly. And that's the other, which leads me right into my next point. Um, there are some decks, you know, that that would easily be be torn up and and put away, and I'd be okay with that. But there's others that I just wouldn't be. Um, I mean, I mentioned Grenzo and Buzzbark. Uh, those decks aren't coming apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I I enjoy Grenzo way too much, um, and it's a good deck. And I'm happy to do you know edits on it because Grenzo that that deck really is uh, you know here's your stack of cards that you go get with Grenzo, you know those creatures that have a power of three or less, and you can pull a bunch of those out and put in other ones. It, and it just and you can allow that flow and it feels like a new deck without actually being a new deck but I'm never gonna pull it apart I'm just not going to because I enjoy the deck I really enjoy that deck so I'm not I'm just not gonna do that so that one's not coming apart and buzzbark to me uh, until I find another un commander that does something weird and quirky I mean, I'm going to keep that one together because I love the idea that the, of the of the dice billing, you know, dropping dice from a from various heights. I like the physical nature of of what it does for your commander games. Um, so I think there are just there are some decks that just are not going to come apart. Uh, I I just enjoy them too much, and the idea of you know pulling it apart for the sake of getting fresh ideas. It, no, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just, I, it's you know. Yeah, I, I I completely agree, and I wonder if there's like some sort of medium there. And obviously, like the medium could be uh, just taking apart all your decks other than those. Uh, <laughs> but I think too, like we, I mean, you and I have talked about your Grenzo deck before. We it, we've done a whole yeah. uh, de- deck tale on it, yeah. um, and. Uh, it's it's tough because you you start seeing cards that are previewed and you're like, all right, what what does it take the place of? Like, what does this new card take the place right. of? And so, like, I wonder if like for those decks specifically, if you just start a new list on Architect and just kind of like don't even reference the old one and just kind of go through and build the deck that way, see if it is different enough or like see what you are missing generally from the the evolution if you've lost any right. focus or if you've um but like obviously that also takes time right um, well i mean even there like mel lee has a also has a grenzo deck and mel's uh-huh. mel's grenzo deck is um I, I would i would call it the aggro version where my deck mm-hmm. is the control version i have a number of cards that allow me to to that control that will take cards from my graveyard and put them to the bottom of the library. So I can reuse a lot of cards and, and try and set things up that way. Mel's deck doesn't do that. Mel's deck is uh, mana ramp, mana ramp, mana ramp, and just start flipping cards off the, off the bottom of the deck blindly because that's what she finds to be the fun aspect of the game. And I find that very alluring. <laughs> but I'm still not taking mine apart. If anything, yeah. that would be a situation where I'd get two Grenzo decks Ooh. And, just, and, then, and just start messing with my friends because they're never going to yeah. know which Grenzo deck they're facing until I like that idea. Until this cards start piling out. Um, but 
even there, that's, you know, I'm not taking the deck apart. Yeah. I'm just building another one. So, um, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's tough, you know? Uh, like, I definitely have some hesitation about pulling apart, like, say, my Fozzy deck that has lasted a few months. Um, or the Kazir Ruthless Stalker deck. But, like, uh, for me, like, because I'm not playing, you know, weekly or multi-weekly, <laughs> um, I, I have the, the, the opportunity and the privilege to be able to use some of my time to reorganize some of those cards back into my catalog um and honestly it's kind of given me broader scope of how much how many actual cards i own and how much i need to get rid of um (laughs) even if it is just like all right here's all these bulk commons put it in this box that i either donate or somehow try to you know sell to right pay rent um uh but it's it's i think that personally i think dan makes a lot of good points um i I think enough that i think he i think i was already predisposed to like doing this because i am in the exact point in my life that i need to um Right. So like he he had me at the the tweet of what right. if I was to convince you this and uh, I was on board um, and so right and I think there are a group of people um, who have you know four decks maybe five decks somewhere in there who have a collection of say under a thousand cards mm. so these are people who you know they decide they're going to build a commander deck they build it. They pull like five cards out of their collection of a thousand and then order the rest. Um, I can see this group really liking the idea of wiping out your decks and restarting because you just take all of the decks that you've built, sell all the cards back, and then buy the cards you need for the next one. Because this is not a group who has a large collection now, whether they preferred a small collection for... They don't have the space for a bigger one. They just don't want to have more cards. That they prefer to just run that in that style. I can see re- wanting to rehash on a regular basis because um, in those in those situations, it just becomes very easy to just buy the cards you need for the next deck and never get rid of the old ones. And that mm. it just gradually increases. And the whole point of having a collection of only a thousand is to have a minimal number of cards. Well, now you've got, you know, now you went from four or five decks up to ten, and you're not playing all of the cards, and you're now not, you know, keeping the small collection that you wanted in the first place. So I can definitely see a benefit there as well. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I think have a large mm-hmm. card have a large card catalog, a library card catalog, and I can hold plenty of cards. My collection is about thirty thousand, and I think I could comfortably get that up to about. 50,000 50, yeah. in that card catalog. Um, and I do, I've do. i always tended to try and keep four copies of any card. That, so if I buy a card, I tend to buy four copies of it um, knowing that I'm probably going to want it in another deck. So I, quite often I've got you know 75%, 80% of the cards that I need for another deck. So I don't tend to be that person who wants to keep the decks to a minimum because they're worried about the spacing. They're worried about this, that, or the other. That's not an issue for me. So I just keep, keep adding on. Yeah. And I think for me, like I would love to regain some of that space back, uh, that I've lost to, uh, bulk commons. I mean, uh, you, you gave me a box of bulk commons that you inherited from somebody. Right. Uh, and then I took it upon myself to sort it, and then I never uh, gave it back. Uh, <laughs> so now I've just got a bunch of cards from Ice Age and, uh, like, uh, First Lorwyn and, like, just all this stuff that I'm like, I, I'm not going to use any of this, but it is sorted in my collection. Uh, you know, I've got, like, I don't know, 35 Thalids? 
what am I going to do with that? Like, <laughs> that's a lot of salad decks. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, so, uh, it's a salad bar. Um, mm. and, uh, <laughs> like, I think what I'll end up doing is once I'm done organizing, I'll, I'll take out all the cards that I'm not going to ever use, put them in boxes and either put them in the back of my closet or, mm-hmm. uh, find a, a home for them, either donating them trashing them or selling them for bulk <laughs> right um, but i mean i i love the idea of my general collection never selling any of them unless like i pull something like that i know i'm never going to use but i don't know um i i like the idea that through deck building my collection gets bigger um and obviously with uh rebuilding year after year um and tearing it all down i will be more or i'll be less inclined to buy cards that i already own right Um, so then like i won't have 25 talents i'll have you know a handful that uh will cycle between (laughs) my decks and stuff right Uh, which i i think is is definitely like a great thing about all of this is like there are cards that you will forget that you own or you'll be like, I know I own this, but I don't, I can't quite put my finger where it is. Um, so I think with this method, you will be able to like, uh, if you're also the type to have your deck lists up on like Moxfield or, mm-hmm. or uh, architect, like you will be able to pinpoint where your cards are. Um, right. And then also not order more and more and more and more, you know, right. uh, but I uh, so for me, um, after listening to after listening to Dan's uh, Dan's vignette, after listening to what other people were saying and talking about it, um, the result for me is that uh, I'm going to do with my commander decks what I already do with my 60 card casual decks. Um, I will choose. I'm going to put a cap. On the number of commander decks that I that I own, I was saying twenty at one point. Maybe it'll be twenty. Maybe it'll be fifteen. Um, but I'm very close to where that cap is. And when I reach that cap, then it's then I decide which of the which of the decks I don't want to keep, or which of the decks I like the least. And I will pull that one apart, sort it, pile it away, and start thinking about a new deck. And then just once the new deck is built, then I'll find the next one and drop that one down off the list. And to me, this means that the pet decks, the Grenzos, the Buzzbarks, they're not going anywhere because they're unlikely to ever be at the bottom of this list. Mm. There, there's, you know, there's almost always going to be something else. You end up building something new that just didn't work the way you wanted it to, and you've tried, you know, you've tried to do some some edits to the deck and it's just not working the way you want it to. Now it's time for that deck to go. So, um, and, and I just looking through my deck, the decks that I have right now, I mean, I can already pick out three or four of them that, (laughs) right. That will be, that will be ready to go. Um, but I also know that I have a, I have a sizable collection and I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like a new deck that I'm building is missing out because of cards that are in the decks that I already have because I do tend to try and mix and match things. So mm. it's not like I've got, you know, 12 decks and they're all, they all have black in them. Right. So I, I tend to spread across the colors pretty evenly. I try not to build on the same theme over and over again. Although I do admit I build a lot of token decks. Um, but I try to try to mix and match the themes, so that way I'm not reusing or you know looking for the same card again and again. You know, I mean, I have I have a couple copies of Doubling Season, but I don't want to ha- feel like I need it in every single green deck that I ever built. So yeah, um, yeah. So you get you go. So I get around a lot of the issues that way. But I do think that having a cap and then forcing myself to constantly, you know empty out some of these some of these decks because there i do have decks 
where the cards that are in them are just sitting there and they're not doing anything. Um, lately, my group hasn't played a lot of 60-card Commander, so maybe it's time to start pulling some of those apart, because I do know that uh, some of those decks may have two or three original duels in them, or multiple copies of a card that I would like to use elsewhere. Um, and if I'm not playing those decks at all, maybe it's time some of them come apart. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm I I like that idea. I like that you can you can go into your closet right now, look at all your decks, and be like, okay, like there are like three decks that I know I want to pull apart. Um, but like, you also might feel differently in a month, um, right? And I think that for me, the advantage of having them together is that like you can then put the list online for future reference so like mm -hmm. if you do take apart a deck you can always put it back together as long as you still have those cards and so like if you miss a deck then you know put it back together um, right so like nothing's ever terribly permanent um but uh i don't know um i i for me um taking them apart each year will obviously ensure the 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 rotation of these cards mm -hmm. um but also like will force me to if i if not like make more varieties of a deck of decks like uh like you were saying with like tokens or something um i just have a new token deck now then having to worry about is this too close to a previous deck right or a current deck because yeah current decks are not really much of a, a thing anymore because they're but um yeah i wonder how i'll feel about this a year from now what if like i have you know a handful of decks that i just like love will i want to take them apart uh but i guess the only time will tell so <laughs> well and i would i would say that uh for those of you who want to give dan's idea a shot do keep in mind it is going to encourage you to build more decks. Mm. And building more decks means that the chances are of you finding a deck that you really do love and don't want to take apart will go up. I mean, if you're building more more decks, the odds are that you're going to find something that you love uh, even faster than you would if you were only building, if you were, you know, someone like me who builds, you know, or who builds maybe two two decks in paper every year. It's not, yeah. you know, and that's not really something new. And when you consider how fast Wizards is putting out cards, you need to be building a deck. You need to be building a new commander deck about every month and a half or so, I think. Uh, I was going to keep up. Yeah. I was about to mention that because, like, <laughs> I feel like this, this method would actually decrease the amount of fatigue that you would get from new product because, like, you either don't value it as high because you have all of this great stuff from magic's history all, like at your fingertips or right. um because like you are keeping up you're not like oh like i gotta buy all these cards again to like right. build a new deck about this new shiny new commander yeah um and like you know i think that that kind of goes along with the 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 philosophy there we go uh th that kind of goes along the with the philosophy of building from what you have and it's much easier to do that if these like you know chase cards are just a part of your collection rather than from you know two or three different decks um so i don't know um i'm excited to see how this next year goes um as we head into this new year <laughs> um because I'm excited to see how many cool magic friends I'm going to make. Uh, because I'm in a new city. <laughs> there we um, go. I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, where, where we are in a year. We are quickly approaching 3,000 uh, listens. Which is fascinating and exciting. Um, I mean, we've surpassed our two-year mark. Uh we have our 90th episode next week uh and we Coming are going to have our we're gonna have our 100th episode we, we i mean jason said it we gotta start planning uh but you know <laughs> i'm proud of us bruce it's all coming together it's all coming together uh, yeah so uh if you ever want to re if you if you ever want to play magic with us reach out to us uh 
if you want us on your your uh, stream, let us know. If uh, if you want us to start a stream, let us know. Uh, we'd love to have guests either on a stream or uh, in our little podcast. Uh, we we'd love to hear from any and all of you. Um, like we said, or like I said, next episode is our season finale, which you know what that means, Bruce. I do. Here we come. We got a more deck. We got a deck build. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of deck building, we have a deck building challenge uh, for any and all of you to participate yes. in. Uh, we will be coming back next week uh, with uh, our season finale deck building spectacular. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some restrictions. They're gonna be thematic in some way, uh, and that is as follows: one going to follow the pre-EDH rules so it's anything before anything before June 2011 so anything before magic was or before wizards was focusing on commander as a format um do we have any other restrictions we'll come up with something uh we'll come up with something and I'll insert it here um But uh, we'll be back next week with that cool finale, episode 90. Uh, So thank you all for listening. We're Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized. But they sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Thank you for listening. Play some magic for me or with me. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go... I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, Like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!